coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say. There's a couple of really fun names to say. I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece. Let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 30th episode of Brewing Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker, and we've got a, I would argue, of all of the co-hosts that I've had on last year and have planned on again for this year, uh, this gentleman is always the one that I get the most excited for or the most giddy because I just, I never know where it's going to go. But at the same time, I'm also very scared. But before I issue or at least say why I'm scared, I would like to introduce who the co-host is, and that is Sir Marcus Walsh. We all know who Sir Elton John is, but we may not know who Sir Marcus Walsh truly is. So we welcome in Marcus for technically the second overall time, but we went so long last year that it ended up being two episodes. So for the second official time, sir, welcome in. Thank you, Brew. Appreciate it. And uh, always great to chat with you. I am not knighted. So just, <laughs> hey, that, was my, that was my phone dropping. You can't for, uh, use that because you used that last year. That that joke is old. That is, that is not, like 2022. Okay. Yeah, you can't that's, use that joke. That's old news. Um, yeah, that is fake news and old news. Well, I th- I find it very uh, it's it's very respectful of you to be wearing the full suit for the recording today. So I ask, like I did in college, yeah. is this out of hey I'm on the podcast, or is it more I ran out of clothes and I haven't gotten to laundry day yet? Um, actually, it's neither because <laughs> it's it's neither. Um, I actually did the majority of my laundry yesterday, but I uh, just got back a short time ago from singing for a celebration of life service. So I threw on a, and technically it's not a full suit. I'm, I'm wearing a golf shirt, pair of black slacks and uh, (laughs) the charcoal gray sport coat. You definitely dressed up more than I did. I'm wearing a red sweatshirt, but with the color red, uh, obviously this is a uh, audio medium, but for Marcus and I were on zoom. So it's visual as well. I do have another question before I express why I'm scared. When are you going to take down that Christmas tree behind you? I actually, it's, it's almost it. February. Yeah. I actually kept it up. I think till about June last year, <laughs> just for the heck of it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Holy hell! I hope it's a fake. I'll probably, I'll probably take it down in in a couple of weeks, <laughs> and and it's really not all. It's it's definitely fake, and it's really not all that big. It's actually sitting on top of a desk. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm losing it. I was planning on getting drunk on the podcast today. I I might just be. You might I, not need to. I might be dizzy just because of laughter. He's got the giggles, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you took it down in June. Holy crap. It may, point, have, even, it may have even been July. <laughs> I, I honestly can't quite remember. but dude, It was up point, for about half the year. 
at that point, you should just leave it up the rest of the year. Why the hell put it away in July when you're you're closer to Christmas than you are to New Year's? So just just leave it up. Yeah. Um, so not not really sure when I'm going to take it down, but I think I'll take it down before, uh, before probably the, before my birthday. Before the Fourth of July, maybe. <laughs> I should express to you why I'm scared. It, it, it also it also adds a little bit of flair, panache, and color to a. Uh, to the condo, in my opinion. Uh, it also just maybe promotes that you're lazy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the latter. Um, I would like to express I why I'm scared. Though. Yeah, let, let us know why you're scared. I, I'm not a very scary person. At least I don't think I am. I feel it's it. No, it's not. It's not because of you. Well, it is because of you. I'm scared because the last time we did a recording, the Thursday after the recording, my laptop died completely kaput. Oh, that's right. And I yes. might, when I edit this for the rest of the time after we record, I might go out to Kroger, buy adult diapers and wear them because I'm going to be very nervous until I get this up on Friday. And if this one goes out, you are on the hook for buying me a laptop. Just going to put that out there. I, it might it might be you. Fair enough. All right. I'm glad we got glad we got that out of the way. Uh, as Porter and I did a couple of weeks ago, I, I find this extremely fascinating. And I hope I'm not the only one that thinks this is funny. But again, we're going to start off with another happy blank day. Uh, this is when this airs. This will be January the 27th. So the first one, I'd like to wish everybody a happy National Chocolate Cake Day. Oh, uh, I love chocolate cake. Yeah, big day, big day. Uh, <laughs> so it is It is National Chocolate Cake Day. Love it. It is also, because it is a payday today, hopefully you can celebrate this holiday at work because it is National Fun at Work Day. Now, to me, that seems a little, a little conflicting. Uh, what do they call those? A... Uh, Oxymoron. Oxymoron, yeah. As I like to say when I was younger, an eight-sided moron. I don't know how you, for most people, I don't know how you have fun at work. Unless you're, I don't know, a pixie dust spreader. I'm not sure. But the real thing that we're celebrating today, and this is this is a big one. <laughs> First of all, let me let me bury the lead a little. What are you drinking today? I, I saw the makers. Is it a makers and sprite? I've got makers and Sprite in a glass, and then I will reveal the uh, the bottle. Okay, we'll go back and forth. Hold on a second. You're doing the makers, Mark and Sprite. I'm gonna do the Bud Light in my Bruzy. Uh, I also am going to try. To, I've really struggled over the last like six episodes to get the sound to catch right. on the microphone. So let's let's do some hush tones here, and we're gonna I'm gonna count down three, two, one, and I'm hopefully gonna get this to work. So here we go. To Marcus's suit and to taking the tree down before the 4th of July. Three, two, one. And I guess we find out Friday if it took over or not. We're not sure. But I've got the Bud Light. Kind of surprised that you're going with the Bud Light. Um, what, if you don't mind me asking your reasoning behind that, because I know you've turned much more into a Coors man uh, as of late. It's It's beer. <laughs> and and it was what's in my fridge and it's the one that i have the most of 
But like I said, I was hoping to get a little sloshed on the episode. I also, in the bullpen, have a Coors, which is my last one, and 26 more Rolling Rocks. Don't know if I'm going to drink all 26 of them, but I do have them in back stock. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Um, yeah. The bottle that I have is Coors Light. Would you like to open that? I also have two drinks with me as well. Go ahead and open that, and I'm going to explain why I have two drinks. The second drink that I have is milk. (laughs) And this is where I think it's going to go off the rails. Would you like to know why I have milk? Milk. Yes, I would love to know why. I'm a 2% milk guy. One, I grew up on a dairy farm. But the last happy blank day is why I have milk. And I think... (laughs) This is going to be the episode where I'm the one that starts to lose it. And Marcus has to reel us back in. It is also, (laughs) here we go. It is national (laughs) world breast pumping day. I cannot make this crap up. I have no idea who the people are that come up with these days. This is no joke. If you guys are at work and you want to have some fun on national fun at work day, Go on Google, type in January 27th holidays, and it'll try to like autofill to holidays and observances. Click on the first link, click on the 27th. And if you scroll all the way down to that first link or that first web page, you will see it. It's there. And if you're thinking that I'm still full of it, I've also, like I had a couple of weeks ago, I have some research and some fun facts behind this wild, wild day. So I do have the Bud Light. I chose that because it was the first beer I ever drank in my life. And, well, I have milk because, well, (laughs) it's World Breast Pumping Day. So I figured I would honor the day as best I know how. By the way, are you a skim, two, one, or whole milk guy? I am definitely a two percenter. By the way, Bud Light and milk back and forth right after each other. Weird. Very weird. It's got to be. Very weird. Didn't think that went through. Either way, I'm also a 2% guy, but would you like me to educate you on some facts behind World Breast Pumping Day? Say yes. Sure, why not? Excellent. All right. World Breast Pumping Day, which falls on January the 27th every year, not every year, just started in 2017, celebrates mothers and their greatest loves, babies. A mother's milk is the first thing a baby tastes. The milk forms, this is this is where it gets off the rails. The milk forms a great bond between mother and child. Breast pumping is a loving responsibility, just like doing the laundry, I guess. It takes time and effort to learn how to do it well. Breast pumping can be difficult, just like stats for Marcus in college. So we must give our support to these mothers who prefer a different method. I, I have to say, if if I can interrupt, yeah, I breast pumping probably is not as difficult as I found statistics. I thought that class was going <laughs> to be Hey, how many times did you take that course again? I forget. Was it five? Not one, not two, but three. Oh, three. Okay. That's not bad. I've got a history <laughs> of World Breast Pumping Day. As I said, this is really, it's been a holiday for, this is the sixth year, but The history of breast pumping goes all the way back to the 19th century. Did you know that? I did not. I didn't either. That's why I'm educating everybody on 
breast pumping. Then breast pumps were medical devices used for treating inverted nipples and to assist infants who were too small or too weak to nurse. All right, I have to stop. (laughs) Is that like an issue back in the 1800s? Inverted nipples? I mean, let me take a guess. Mine are not inverted. I'm an introvert, but my nipples are not inverted. What the I heck? am an extrovert, and I most definitely have extroverted nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. All right. That that might go down as one of the best lines of, of all of the shows. Uh, let's get back on track here. Here, the, here we go. Here we go. Breast pumps were only used professionally until 1991. A Swiss manufacturer by the name of Medela specially introduced its first electric-powered vacuum-operated breast pump. And by 2017, this was created and established as a national holiday by a lady named Wendy Armbruster. Uh, Armbruster is a Canadian woman who created the award-winning Pump Ease a hands-free pumping bra and kicked off world breast pumping day to encourage our pumping moms all over the world to celebrate their joys. I don't understand why we celebrate this. So do we just expect today when we go out on our lunch, we're like, Oh, I'm going to go take a quick walk. It's a little brisk, but I need some fresh air or I'm going to go to the food truck and I'm going to get tacos. Are we just going to see a bunch of like ladies sitting outside instead of like on their smoke break back in the nineties, they're just out there pumping the hell out of themselves on the world breast pumping day. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a little bit mind-boggling. Or what did I leave off? Another reason they chose or choose breast milk is that breastfeeding is a beautiful way to bond with their baby. All right, that's where I have to stop again. Second thing. I don't really know if that is the best way or one of the most beautiful ways to bond with your kid. I'm thinking holding it. <clears throat> I'm thinking singing to it. I'm thinking right. just spending time with the little lad, with a little ladette. I don't know. That would be less. I, I like ladette better. It also sounds like a really old grandmother's name. I'd like to introduce you to my grandmother, ladette. Oh, hi, ladette. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Hi. Did you breast pump when you were younger? No. Did you know Mrs. Armbruster? Yes. God. Uh, Here we go. Five mind-blowing facts about breast milk. It stays fresh for a whole year. Yeah, that sounds all right. That is incredible. They load it up in their freezers. (laughs) Do you think they can make ice cream out of that stuff? I wouldn't see why not. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, But you can, this stays fresh for a whole year. The milk that I just bought, expiration date, February the 3rd. I'm going to have to dunk this stuff. Second fun fact. It lessens the risk of obesity. I think that's full of crap. It says babies who drink breast milk are less likely to have obesity in childhood and later in life. It comes. Oh, God, are you serious? This I can't believe this. It says here. It says it comes in different colors. What the hell? Maybe maybe chocolate milk is an option. You just go up like, hey, what can I get you today? I would like uh, some chocolate milk, please. A freshly squeezed. It says breast milk can be different colors and consistencies from one pump to the next. So it's like, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. Life is like a squeeze of breast milk. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're (laughs) going to get. That's right. All right. How can we observe this beautiful holiday? I can tell you. 
Sweet Lord. All right. Surprise a mom. Here's another way to do this. Celebrate on a big Friday. Did you know or do you know a pumping mom? You should give her a gift. How does a breast pumping kid sound? She would be thankful and you'll be very happy and feel happy that you could help. It's a win-win. This is ridiculous. If you or I gave someone a breast pumping kit, we would be called, the authorities would be called. That's creepy. What did you say you were going to get me for Christmas the other day when we were on the phone? Oh, a Tickle Me Elmo. I love love Tickle Me Elmos. This is what we're going to do. If you get me the Tickle Me Elmo for my birthday or for Christmas, I will get you a breast pumping kit. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should try it out. You said you got extroverted nipples. I say you give it a swig. See what happens. Well, you could lose some weight. I'll give it to somebody. No, Um, keep it. I think you should give it a shot. Do a little test run. See if it works before you give it to somebody else. Regift it, but you have to use it first. I'm going to get you a breast pumping kit. I'm I'm not going to use that. Nah, I think you should. I'm I'm going to buy you one. Hopefully they're not expensive. This has by far been the most strange. <laughs> awkward and Seriously. weird segment in Bruin Company history. I'm telling I'm, you right now, and I haven't even listened to all the episodes. <laughs> I'm buying you a breast pump. I'm buying you one of those kits. I'm going to get I you would. two of them. Here's the last thing you can do to celebrate this huge day. You can reach out. So not only can you share your story, or you could surprise a mom or Marcus with a breast pumping kit. You can also reach out. You can reach out <laughs> to breastfeeding moms and offer words of encouragement, especially <laughs> the moms who are having a hard time breast pumping or breastfeeding. <laughs> offer sympathy and advice if you yourself have gone through a similar issue. So this is what I think we should do. I think we should honor this last way to celebrate <laughs> the day. I by trying to breast pump and then share some of our struggles with the current breastfeeding mother. Be like, hey, I understand what you're going through. I myself was trying to do this for months and it just wasn't working. So what I did, Cynthia, is I just went to Kroger and bought, you know, skim. some reason i started to laugh so hard at the last segment that i think <laughs> think i'm leaking milk i've i've got i've got <laughs> milk on my desk <laughs> i have a serious problem i should probably go check myself um i don't know where it came from either way this is the episode is titled bits and pieces and it's a joke that it's at least between marcus and i because every time i ask him have you seen this movie he always i would say 98% of the time responds with bits and pieces so i don't know if you've ever seen a whole movie but that's where that's that's where the show title comes from so we're gonna do just random thought topics and we're just gonna like spitball here bits and pieces so the first one that i always just find very interesting and we have to tell the story about the time that you and i went to dinner at ashland in convo and it was burger night i'm already sitting down i got my hamburger i got my fries now I, as I've said multiple times on the show, I'm not an eccentric eater. 
I don't go off the rails. I stay in the middle lane when it comes to food. I'm a seven-year-old boy. That's how I eat. So I had my hamburger. I had some cheese. I don't like shredded lettuce on a hamburger, by the way. It's disgusting. You have to have leaf lettuce. So I went to the salad bar, got some leaf lettuce, and then I found some bacon. You know, that's it's American. Marcus comes back with this sheepish grin on his face, like he just stole something from a bank. And he's walking back to the table. It's just the two of us. He's walking back to the table, almost laughing. He almost dropped his plate. And he puts the plate down. And I asked him, what in the hell is so funny? All he has on his plate is a hamburger. The bun, the top bun is not on top of the hamburger because you had more to do to this concoction. So what it was, was bun, patty, barbecue sauce, bacon, and chocolate chips. Did I have lettuce? No, you didn't have any of that stuff. You had patty, barbecue sauce that was leaking off the side of the plate. Yeah, that's bacon and chocolate chips. Yeah. So it was delicious. I'm I've ridiculed you for let's say this has been 15 years over that one meal. I will now give you a couple of minutes to defend your actions. Why in the hell did you put chocolate chips on a hamburger? (laughs) You know, just why not? The the sweetness with with the savoriness of the bacon and the meatiness of the burger. You got a little bit of sweetness in the barbecue sauce. It's just a good balance. I would have thought that I had pickles or lettuce. You didn't even have fries. You had just the hamburger. I know a lot of people when they go off to college, they like to experiment. But I figured and you would I like. Cer- I certainly did that. You did, but most people and, and like. Still, I, I still like do. redheads. You went chocolate chips on a hamburger. Insane. I I enjoyed it. Have you ever done that since? I cannot say that I have. <laughs> you, you ever throw chocolate chips in a beer? You can't say that's crazy because you put yeah. it on a burger. So at I, this point, I, I have not done that, but uh, give it a shot. I might. Yeah, do it. Do it next week. Do it on do it on Saturday, right after National Breast Pumping Awareness Day. These are the next couple of things that I have in my mind are things that I think about when I can't fall asleep at night and I see the clock tick from 12 to 1 a.m. to 2. And I, I can't sleep. So the first question that I have for you, this is involving sports. I'm a big proponent of no matter what sporting event that I go to. And I think it's because for like you and I, when we called games, you have to stay the entire game, pregame, halftime, postgame, you're there the whole time. But as a fan, big difference. Do you, when you go to a game, stay till the clock hits zero or a baseball game, the last out of the game, or do you leave early to beat traffic? What's your theory on this philosophy or this little thought process here? I'm, I'm a stay till zero guy. What about you? I'm I'm the same way if it's if it's up to me and that's that's the way it is. I I won't say that I'm 100 percent that way, but I am nine times out of 10 or nine and a half times out of 10. I am staying until the end of the game. What prompts you to leave early? Someone else driving and they do it and you just can't stay. Is that what it is? Well, that's that's part of it. Um, got to go home and breast pump there. No, oh, seven o'clock. Um, got to leave. There might be a situation where I have to get up early the next day. to go. Ah, to work. You can stay. That's fine. Um, 
maybe. Uh, but predominantly, I'm, I'm all about staying. I think I've shared this story with you. It was actually the first Cleveland Indians game that I ever attended in 1996. It was against the Minnesota Twins, but Cleveland was down three to two, I believe it was. And the game went to the bottom of the ninth and, and we left, you know, obviously. Oh my God. Why would you do that? I was eight. My brother was like six and, and my mom and dad were like, well, the traffic's going to get bad. Let's go. And we were like, why, why are we doing this? Oh my God. And uh, sure enough, we hear, Herb score yelling at the top of his lungs as we are officially leaving. Yep. Espinosa with a two run homer. Yep. To give the Indians the win. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I am, unless something crazy happens, I am, you stay until it's over. Yeah. You guys deserve that. You guys leave early. You know that's going to happen. I, this is the reason why you don't do it for stuff like that. I was at the Ohio State Penn State game in 2017. This was the JT Barrett. He didn't have an incompletion in the fourth. So I remember this guy. He was probably like early 20s. So I always sit in the north end zone. So it's right above where the band comes out, the flagpole. It's that end zone. Everything just seemed like every bad break or every chance that we had to maybe get a little momentum was sucked out of the stadium because of either a ref's call or just something that Penn State did. Right. So. I remember, I think it was, I'm trying to remember the, the order of operations here. I think this was the interception that we had in that end zone, the north end zone, that was overturned. And not only was it not in, like an incompletion, it was overturned to a Penn State touchdown. It's just something you've never seen probably before and never seen since. And this guy, he was excellent because he was running up and down the aisle. I always like to sit on the end. And he's like high-fiving everybody. And he was more energetic than I was. And he just couldn't take it anymore. He goes, I can't take this crap. And he, and he leaves. And as he, and there's a ton of steps you have to walk down from the shoe, and especially in C-deck. And a couple minutes later, and I don't know in terms of total time, but game minutes later, that's when Denzel Ward blocks the punt. And we recover it. And that kind of like started the momentum back in Ohio State's favor. But when that punt was blocked outside of the Chris Olave block punt against Michigan the following year, that's the loudest. That's the loudest game I've ever heard. And that block punt by Denzel Ward and the Marcus Ball touchdown catch combined is the second loudest I've ever heard of live stadium. But after the block punt, myself, a couple of the other huge dudes that were next to me that I ended up hugging and they almost killed me after Ball's catch because they almost crunched me. I was in between the two of them. I almost died. Mm. Um, we, I asked the guy, I'm like, Oh, what do you think the guy that left feels after this block punt? What if we come back to win? He's going to hate himself. Five minutes after I said that you see the guy run back to his seat. He goes, I cannot believe I thought about leaving. He was almost out of the gates. And when you leave the gates, you can't come back in. He was almost out of the gates and he heard the whole place erupt and he hauled ass back up the steps of the elevator, got into his seat. And obviously the rest is history win the game. So I went up to him because the guy, he just seemed like me. He was like my stunt double. And I went up to the guy. I'm like, dude, aren't you glad you came back? He goes, I am so happy. And he hugged me. 
I'm like, all right. I mean, this is a big day. But that's why, folks, you don't leave, because if you leave, you're going to miss something, something epic. So that's what you yeah. get for leaving when you were eight. And I'm I'm not saying it's your parents' fault. It's yours. It's yours. You're an Indians fan. You say you're this diehard Indian slash Guardians fan. You should have overriding power <laughs> over your parents. Mom, I don't want to leave. Omar's going to hit a dinger. Like you have to fight for your team. And you didn't. And it's it's on you. Um, it's a little hard when you're eight, but okay. Hey, you got to show your passion. You got to be assertive. You got to take you got to take a stand. Here, here's something else is my next question. So we've all heard about Matt rule being hired at Nebraska, which I think he's going to take Ohio state's quarterback, Dylan Rayola from us. And that's going to stink. But before he took the Nebraska job, he was fired from Carolina and his buyout was $40 million. Wow. His buyout was 40 million. And if people don't understand what that means, they're paying him to not work for the organization. They're paying him 40 million to get the hell out of town. And he did. So my question to you, if someone pays you, Marcus, let's say uh, WHHI says, Marcus, I can't believe you didn't stop your parents from leaving back in 1996. That is just that's this behavior that we can't stand for. You're leaving. You're fired. We're giving you $40 million to get the hell out of here. You get $40 million to not work for the place that just lets you go. What do you do next? I would probably one place that I haven't been to yet that I would like to go to is Vegas. I would probably go, go to yeah. Vegas. Um, I have, I yeah. had a chance a couple of years ago to go to Hawaii and uh, unfortunately yeah. COVID uh, messed up with that a little bit. So I would, I would probably do not even just Vegas, but I would probably do like a West coast swing. Throw a little, little uh, money down in, in Vegas, a little gambling action. Sure. A little bit. Do you go red or black on the roulette wheel? I have never stuff you don't think about. I, I think about this crap all the time. I've never done it before, but I give a slight edge to black over red as a color. Yep. Yep. So I'd probably go black. Well, I'll tell you what I would do. I would do nothing. Would you work again? Maybe is the better question. I wouldn't work ever again. If someone pays me $40 million to not work, why would I go work again? I have $40 million. The whole point of working is to obtain money. I have um, it, and they I, paid me to not do what I'm supposed to do to get the money. I would never work again. I would travel. I love, I my, I love my job so much. No, you would not. There's no way in hell. Why would you work? You already have the money. Oh, Why would you work? For, no, for hell purpose. No. no, hell no. Screw purpose. I have $40 million. <laughs> You could have a new purpose. You could buy someone else a new purpose. You do not have to work. 40, oh, I would do it for something to do. Screw that. That's why people retire. You don't see people retire. That's what retirement is. They give you money to not work. Why would you go work? I'm going to go work well, at Home Depot and be a greeter. Screw that. People also don't retire at age 30. No, but that's the point. You retire because you, you're getting money to not work do something else. I don't understand that. What did, what did you do for a living? Oh, I used to work at Chase Bank for 36 years. What do you do now? I work at Walmart as a door greeter. But seriously, I would never work again. And what you do is you set aside. There's no way in hell you should ever need money again. You put $30 million aside. You call, you call up my guy Corbin. You say, hey, I got some extra cash. I'm going to send this to you. Invest it wisely. You'll be fine. 
generational wealth. You take the other 10 million and you pay off the house or you pay off the car or you pay off the lady that keeps nagging you for 10 bucks, give her 20 and say, get the hell away from me. And then the rest of the time you live your life. What have I always told you? If they stop, this is, this is what work is. It's a very simple contract. You come to our place of business and you work your ass off. And in place of you working your ass off, we'll give you probably not as much money as you deserve, but we'll give you some money. But here's the thing. If they stop treating you well, or they stop paying you, or they stop taking care of you, you leave. It's a very simple concept. So if someone pays you $40 million to stop working, stop working. It's very simple. I think about this. Everyone's like, oh, but you need to have something to do during the day. You need to have a purpose. What would you do? Just sit around and watch TV? No, I'd probably go out and buy a bigger TV. And then I would sit around and watch it. Next we'll, one. We'll agree to disagree. I, I would. I cannot believe that. I. You have the money. You don't need to work. Next one. This is an idea that I've had for a very long time because I drive a lot. I see a bunch of idiots on the road, ton of buffoons. You've gone to baseball games. It sounds like you leave a lot of them early. Uh, when you see the big scoreboard, you ever see like the message centers underneath, like the video board? It's like it's it's like a scroll on ESPN is what it is. Right. And it's like, come to section 305 to pick up your Jose Ramirez poster. Like and they just have little things going across the screen or like on ESPN's bottom line scores, crap like that. Yep. yep. I have a brilliant idea for vehicles that can adopt some of that similar technology. I'm a hundred percent in belief that cars need message centers. They need them on the rear of the vehicle, basically in, in all the windows. So they need them in the back class and on the side windows. And what you do, and my phone actually might go off with this, but let's, let's just name the message center. Susie, let's say, let's name her Susie, 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 Susie the message center. So right. it would kind of be like you're using your phone, like, hey, Siri, if let's say someone is on your ass and they're just tailgating you and it's dangerous and you're getting nervous and it, it's just you're just worried. I think what you do is with this message center, the back of your windshield, hey, Susie, type and then she'll be like, what would you like to type? And then you just say what you want to say. And this is what I would say to those people that rear in other people. I would say this. If you're so eager or want to be so close to me in my vehicle, either just hop in the backseat or get off my ass. Like we could carpool and just right. little messages. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you really want to be close to me, just sit in the backseat. Or if right. they're on the side of the vehicle and someone yeah. is kind of going over the line, you just, you know, hey, Susie. And then on the left side, it's like a sensor. So they know where the car is like, hey, Susie, get back in your lane. I truly believe that cars need message centers. And you might say, Brew, that's a dumb idea. That's too much technology. Just give it time. I guarantee you it's going to happen. They need it. And when that happens, I deserve some of the profits. By the way, uh, so Porter did his impression. I'm also going to see if I can get my co-host to do their best impression. Would you like me to in the last five minutes? Maybe we can do a little role play and I'll be like an in-studio host for a Guardians game and I will send it back to Tom Hamilton at Progressive Field. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, a little role play here from the former radio guy to the still current. All right, we're going to we're going to do a little countdown. 3 2 1. So the Guardians are leading 6 to 1 here at the top of the 5th inning. We send it back out to Tom Hamilton at Progressive Field. 
Well, thank you very much, Matt. We're here again, as he said, top of inning number five coming into the game. Boy, oh boy, it's been a been a crazy game so far. It's 5-5 five, five in the fifth. Coming in is uh Wait, excuse me, Tom. I was just it was Fernandez. five to one. How the hell did they score four runs before the action even started? Well, I think you you took a couple of Z's, maybe some <laughs> Zeke Will. Five five in the fifth, and Angel Hernandez is on the mound for Cleveland. You spell his name E-N-Y-E-L, but you pronounce it Angel. Honestly, you'd have to talk to the real Tom Hamilton to find out why that is. I honestly don't know. Um, but he comes on in the fifth. Again, a 5-5 ball game. A very cloudy day to start here at Progressive Field, and clouds remain. It's gotten colder over the course of the day. All right, I have to stop. Sure. First of all, since you brought up the weather, can I yeah. tell the story when <laughs> you were doing the baseball game at Ashland and how you were describing the weather and the day it was at Donjus Field? I found it hilarious because I was running the board back in the studio that you were trying to decipher because it was windy that day what trees were in the outfield. You did the games by yourself because I sure as hell didn't want to do it. I hate baseball games. I can't do it. And you're sitting out there. It's like, it's a windy day here at Donches Field. The deciduous trees are really blowing out in left field. And then it was like a three-second pause. You're like, wait a second. They might be coniferous trees. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think either one of them was correct. I think they were just trees. Thank you, Andrew Trimble. (laughs) That's the guy's name. But the other thing is, I always have told Shep that you do a better Tom Hamilton than Tom Hamilton. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But for our guy, Brett Wackerly, who gave you the nickname in college of Garco, can you please give us a 2-2 to Garco? I have to say at first, though, it should have been Hammy all along. Thanks to Steve Gansey for actually saying Hammy rather than Garco, but as you would like. The set. The two two to guard go. Oh gosh, that was that was terrible. I apologize. I have to redo it. The scent. The two two to guard go. That's much better. So we end today's show with Sir Marcus Walsh. Again, he owes me a computer if this one breaks. We also know that uh, that he leaves baseball games early, and it's his fault when the Indians win. I that's, did that's it big. once, and I was a little boy. Give me a break. Yeah, I still think you need to stand Please. up for your teams. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance to make amends. As, as Tom Hamilton would say, I'm sorry. It was <laughs> one time. It was a long time ago. You get a chance to make up for it today in our second installment of Son of a Pitch. The the rules at the beginning were if Marcus would win, I would have to drink. But if he lost, then he would have to drink. So that's how it's going to go today. So we have 10 more questions. It says Cleveland Indians trivia. I guess the questions are when they were the Cleveland Indians. But we're going to say Guardians to appease all of you people out there because, you know, 
this is how the country's going. So we're going to start out with question one of part two of our son of a pitch Cleveland baseball trivia. We have 10 more questions for Sir Marcus Walsh. Very good at his Indian slash Guardians trivia. So we start out with, I think, a pretty tough one. But first, we have to put a wager on this. Let me think. Ah, Holy me. hell, bless you. Jesus, you almost you. knocked over your Christmas tree. How many do you think you can get right? I will say I'll, I'll start the bidding at seven. You think you get seven? You think you get eight? Um, You like seven? Seven or more, you yeah. win. Six or less, you lose. I'll, I'll take seven. Seven, seven, just like Monica and friends. Seven. All right, here we go. Question one. How many pitches did it take Cleveland pitcher Addie Jose to throw a perfect game on October the 2nd, 1908? I don't think you were at this game. I definitely didn't think you left this one early. You do get options. Is it 74 pitches, 84 pitches, 94 pitches, or 104 pitches? First question in son of a pitch. Addie Joss. What did you say the year was? 1908? Doesn't matter. 1908, yes. You were not yeah, You were not it, at that it, game. It really doesn't, but I'm trying to 74, 84, figure it out in my head. 104. You're not going to figure I'll it out. It's not, like, it's not like division. <laughs> it's just a oh. guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say 94 for Addie Joss in 1908. 94, okay. That is incorrect. Incorrect. The correct right. answer. They don't tell us. <laughs> what the hell? They don't tell us the answer? For God's sake, just give me the answer. That doesn't make any sense. It tells us nothing. We're it's crying not- out loud. Just give us the answer. We're not going to educate anybody. We overeducated people on breast pumping awareness day. So we're just we're going to move yeah. on. You're sure. over one, by the way. That's okay. what we do know. Question one. 12 or question 12. Christ. Question two. Who did Cleveland acquire as the player to be named later in the trade that sent CC Sabathia to the Milwaukee Brewers? Was it Zach Jackson, Rob Bryson, Matt Laporta, or Michael Brantley? That would be one Michael Brantley. You would be correct. Marcus is correct. Oh, they give you the right answer when you already get the right answer. What in the hell is this website? The list of choices for the player to be named later was narrowed down to Brantley and Taylor Green, by the way. And they chose Michael Brantley. Great choice. Met the guy. Great guy. Met his dad. Great guy. So that's cool. The fact that they don't tell you the answer. Let's let's find out the answer. So it wasn't it wasn't 94. It's 74. That's incredible. I cannot believe that's insane. Question three, you're one of two. You have to get seven correct. Here we go. Question three, which player was the team named after for 12 years? Was it early win? Was it Al Rosen? Was it Knapp Lajaway? Or was it Lou Boudreaux? This is an easy one. It's Knapp Lajaway. You are correct. Knapp Lajaway. So Marcus is two of three. Yeah, the Cleveland Naps. Yeah, from 1903 to 1914. Good call. I didn't think that was easy, so props to you. Number four. Number four. Marcus is two of three and son of a pitch. Who was the first MLB player to hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same inning? Your options. Francisco Lindor, 
not to be confused with Lindor Chocolates, Carlos Santana, not to be confused with the musician, Nick Swisher, not to be confused with Swisher Sweets, and lastly, Carlos Bayerga, who was the one to hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same inning. I would bet that you would get this right, but you seem to be struggling with this one. I believe, gosh, I hope I get this right because I feel like I just heard this again. I believe that it is one Carlos Bayerga. Oh, see, I'm thinking it's Carlos Santana. So we're about to find out. You said Bayerga? I'm going to go with Bayerga. All right, let's see. Oh, my God, you got it right again. Well done. He did it on April the 8th of 1993. Well done. Very impressive. So you are what? uh, Three of four, right? Yes. Off to a good start. Oh, God, I'm going to have to drink. Here we go. Question five. Son of a pitch. Which Indian had his house egged for turning away trick-or-treaters on Halloween? I don't think it matters. This is a straight guess. Here we go. Trot Nixon, not to be confused with the backdoor trots, which is a fun name to say diarrhea. Jason Kipnis. (laughs) Albert, don't ring my doorbell or Manny Ramirez. By the way, well, the best nickname I've given to anybody on the spot, Albert, don't ring my doorbell after this this question. Excellent. Excellent move by me. Based off of those four. I'll tell you who it's not. There's no way in hell I it's Jason Kipnis. C- correct. And I wasn't going to say Kip. I love Kip. Yeah. Um, Manny's one of my favorite. Cleveland baseball players of all time, arguably my favorite. Love Kip. I, I got to go with Albert. Don't ring my doorbell because I heard that he was just an idiot. Yeah, it's got to be him. So we're about to find yeah. out. If it's not, I'll be shocked. Absolutely. It's it's Albert Bell. Sometimes yeah. it's just too logical. Sometimes it says, it's just too obvious. Yeah. It says after the October 1995 egging. Bell chased one of the trick-or-treaters in his car. <laughs> he was fined a hundred bucks for reckless operation of a vehicle. Tom Hamilton even once said about Albert Bell in an interview, Albert Bell was a great guy. You could talk about anything with Albert Bell. You could talk about golf. You could talk about the weather. You could talk about food. You could talk about anything with Albert Bell. But then once it got into baseball business, he was completely sealed lips i've heard stories when you said he's a great guy to talk to he might be a great guy to have a conversation with but i don't know if he's a great guy just period and and that actually wasn't verbatim tom hamilton i was just throwing it out there for the impression but somewhat yeah hammy said that you could talk to albert about just about anything but once it got into how are things going on the field Day-to-day baseball business? Tight-lipped. Tight-lipped. So what? this is what we learned today. Uh, what you can't talk to Albert Bell about. Two things. One, baseball. And two, Halloween. Can't do yeah. the Halloween. All right. Marcus is kicking butt right now. He's four or five. We have five questions left. He only needs to do three of five correct on the last five here. And I have to drink if that's the case. Number six, in son of a pitch. Which comedian was a part owner of the Cleveland Indians? He's already nodding his head. I, I'm, I've already opened the can. I think I'm just sealing my fate here. I think I know this answer. Your options, Lenny Bruce, Rodney Dangerfield, Drew Carey, or Bob Hope? 
You would think that it would be Drew Carey because no, he, I, didn't think that. I mean, you might, folks out there might think it might be Drew Carey because they've got the song Cleveland Rocks and they're at Jacobs Field and all of that. It's not. It is Bob Hope. Not to be confused with Bob Barker. Here we go. Is it Bobby? It is Bobby. Bobby Hope was a part of the investment group formed by Bill Veek to purchase the Vic. team in ninth. Bill, Bill Vick. Vick. Oh, like Michael Vick. Okay. V I C K. Yeah, is how it's pronounced. Yeah. There you go. So you're five of six. I'm I take that back. Me. It's Bill Vick. I'm I apologize. Oh, yes. Bill see. Vick. Don't say Vick on my podcast and try to get away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Question seven. Marcus is five of six on son of a pitch. Which Cleveland Indian was the first African-American pitcher in the American League? I have a feeling these questions are way too easy. Is it Larry Doby? Is it Vita Blue or Vita Blue? That would be Vita. Leroy Page or Don Newcomb? I believe Leroy was also known as Satchel back in the day. Oh, seriously? Satchel Page, yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's Satchel Page. It's got to be. It's that's that's your guess. Yes. Okay. My God, I'm telling you, man, you know your stuff. You should have gone on Beer Money back in the day when it was still Sports Time Ohio. Yeah, uh, Leroy Satchel Page made his yep. major league debut with the Indians that same year. This was back in 1948. The 42-year-old rookie would become the first player who had played in the Negro Leagues to pitch, also in a World Series. That's pretty cool. So you are now what six of seven? Oh God! Do we do a little amendment to the number? So we've got three questions left. You think you can get all three of these right? Was how about we'll give you two of three? Let's do a little amendment. You've proven that. That you're pretty good at this. Two of the next yeah. three. Okay. Sure. All right. Here we go. Down. It's a best of three series right now. Here we go. Question one of three. Which player died after being hit in the head by a pitch from Carl Mays? Boy, this took a turn. Is it Jim Bagby, Jack Graney, Ray Chapman, or Stan Kov- Kovaleski? God, could, is- you re- could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> yes. It seems like you asked that the last time, too, at a question. <laughs> Basically, who died? It says, which player died after being hit in the head by a pitch from Carl Mays? Do you, have you heard of any of those people? Um, because if you haven't, then there's no sense of me repeating that question. I, I would. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to have you repeat them. I, I oh, heard hell. who died, and I initially thought of something completely different. What did you think? You of? said something. I, I thought you were gonna go with the boating accident, and I felt really good about this answer. There's uh, a boating accident. There was died? a boating accident in Cleveland. Oh. Back in, I think it was the 80s. My dad and I have talked about it a lot. Um, that involved Cleveland players. Okay. Well, I understand why you asked me to read the question. So yeah. the answers, one of these is correct, which is right. this took a morbid twist. Uh, is it Jim Bagby, Jack Graney, Ray Chapman, or Stan Kovaleski? But again, I ask, have you heard of any of those names? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Who have you heard? Then just guess that person. Well, I think Jack Granny actually used to call Indians games maybe after his playing days. So I'm not going to say him. Um, you got three seconds. What, what was A? Jim Bagby. I'm going to go with Jim. 
you say you say his first name like your family friends. You're like, oh yeah, Jimbo. He's <laughs> he's the man. It's right. the way I do things. I'm gonna go with Jim. All right, let's see if Jim was the one that uh, we shouldn't be laughing. The guy could be dead. About to find out. Make me rest in peace. Well, maybe he's still alive. Or oh, Jim, Jim, uh, he might still be dead, but he didn't die because of a hit to head. You don't think it's Jack Granny? I'm going to check that out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm thinking that it's not. Okay, we'll narrow it down. We'll find out. Yeah, it's not. It's not Jack. So, because you're on a first name basis with these guys, is it Ray or Stan? Let's go, Ray. <laughs> By the way, we've already <laughs> Ray. Everybody loves Raymond. By the way, you've already got this incorrect, so you have to get the next two right. But here we go. See if Ray was the one. Hey, it's Ray Chapman. I don't know if I should say it that way because we're celebrating the fact that it was him that that died. Yeah. Um, may he rest in peace. May all the souls of the faithful who departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Continue. <laughs> Just felt like throwing in a little Catholicism there. If I wasn't mistaken, if if we were not on video here, I thought you would have had a white collar tucked into your jacket there. Um, yeah, not not quite. Oh hell! All right, well, I shouldn't say that uh, in front of. <laughs> I probably probably should watch my mouth in front of a man of the cloth. Uh, <sighs> it says I I shouldn't laugh because I mean the guy died, but I'm just gonna read what it says. Yeah. That's right. terrible, actually. Uh, it says Ray Chapman spent his entire career as a shortstop for the Cleveland Indians. On August the 16th, 1920, he was struck in the head during a game against the New York Yankees. At the time, pitchers commonly dirtied balls with soil, licorice, and tobacco juice, geez, making them difficult to see. The sound of the ball striking Chapman's skull was so loud that Mays thought it had hit the end of Chapman's bat. He yeah. fielded the ball and threw it to first base. Chapman was rushed to the hospital, but died the next morning. Cleveland players wore black armbands for the remainder of the season. That's awful. That's that's that, as you were reading it. It came back to me. I should have gotten that one. You you actually you've Aren't heard it. that story before. That's terrible. I I have my my uncle has my oh, uncle and I have talked about that. I'm going to take a quick swig for Ray. Hold on. Cheers, Ray. Good idea. Can I also just make a suggestion? Rest in peace, Ray. If you're uh, sure. Radio and TV career doesn't work. Maybe you go into the priesthood. <laughs> I, I honestly have have thought about that. There you go. You can't you can't swear though as a priest, so keep that in mind. Actually, I think you could go and, probably wouldn't be the best priest. The radio and TV is is working well, but you could do both. You could be a priest on TV. Joel could. Osteen makes a ton of money. He also hides a lot of it in the bathroom, but you could do what Joel Osteen does. <laughs> If you're ever in need of some money, just go to Houston. Uh, Stop by an Olstein sermon and check the that's, skulls. Is that where he's located? Is in Houston? Yeah, he's in the old Rockets arena. I went to Houston one time and <laughs> couldn't get past the smell. I was in the. the I was actually when I was. I was actually when I was heading to Costa Rica with ice and I, and I with ice and actually he was on another flight. Um, <laughs> it smelled like crap in Houston. Maybe Carly now Carly Steiger was on that flight with me. Oh, I, I Sarah was Crowley. it Carly Steed? Was her maiden name Steed? No. Um, Are you I sure? Oh, do you know who I'm, Carly I'm, Steed is? Uh, the name does not ring a bell. I, I believe. Um, do you remember 
I, I don't want to say the Crowley film. and a few other people. Oh, you have to listen to this. This is more important. Like, we don't know Carly Steiger. She can stay in Houston. I know you, Carly. Yeah, well, Carly's can go screw themselves. Um, you don't remember Carly Steed? You don't remember this girl? Okay, so I'm going to describe this person who dated this girl, but I don't want to say his full name, but do you remember when you and I called games our senior year and Brian Kidd was our spotter? And every time yes. that Tyler made a tackle, we would, do, and I'm only going to do this for the video, but we would do, we would do like three fist pumps. You remember what I'm talking about? Don't say his name because I think they're married now, but this story's hilarious. So yeah. my senior year at Ashland, was 2010, 2011. And this Carly girl, we've already said her name, so forget it. Carly Steed. This was the first year where Jacobs was uh, co-ed because all the chicks were upset that the guys had the nicest and largest dorms. Right. On the guy's side was the laundry facilities on each floor. That's right. And most of the time, not all of the time, most of the time, this Carly Steed girl would do her laundry in just a towel. It was fantastic because this was the first year in college that I was single. It was amazing. And if you remember correctly, when I lived in Jacobs, my door was open pretty much all day. All the time. All the time. I took three-hour naps with the door open. (laughs) So I would usually be at my desk doing homework or sitting in front of the TV yeah, learning how to be an expert at NCAA football. And on a couple of occasions, I could count it on almost two hands. There were times when Carly Steed, I should probably edit out her last name, but who cares? She's not listening anyway. She would do her laundry in just a towel. So I don't know how girls can always tuck their towels around their themselves and it never falls. It's as a guy, I always like try to do it like, oh, I got to like shave. I just got out of shower. I try to tuck it around my waist, and within 30 seconds, I'm nude. Shame. I, I How does that happen? To, I have to concentrate so much, and, and mind you, I have one side of my body that's a little bit disproportionate to the other side of my body, thanks to, to the CP, which I've been living with all my life. But I have to work so hard to make sure, I like if I'm it. a... If I'm at my mom and dad's doing laundry and like I'm just out of the shower and I've got a thing of boxers that are in the dryer, like I, I've got to wrap myself around with a towel, but I have to just focus on making sure that, that towel contains everything. Um, I don't know how girls do it. It's, I don't know how they do it. It's, the damn it's thing like, never. It's fell. like Tim Allen used to always say, you know, with the fact that they can do the tuck on the top half. Right. But whenever we try to do the tuck on the bottom half, we screw it up and there's big Jim and the twins just looking at you. <laughs> I, I I don't know how they do it. I think they're magicians. So because that's exactly how he phrases it, I believe. It's 100 percent right. I don't know how that works, because I know when I do my little tuck, it always comes undone. Yeah. So because I'm sitting there with the door open and I, I saw this the first time and I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm like, this is amazing. It's the best day in, the, in my life. So I remember vividly, and this isn't the most proud moment of my life, but it's not the worst. I just couldn't believe what I saw and I had to confirm it with a second look. So I got my little Nerf football. I have it right here. Remember this little guy? Hold on. Is remember it the actual one? Remember this one? Oh, that's beautiful. I love I, it. 
I got it out of I got it off my desk and I chucked it out in the hallway because I <laughs> I I needed an excuse to go out there to confirm if I actually saw what I thought I saw. So I, I gave it a nice little Tom Brady spin out in the hallway. Ironically enough, it bounced off the wall, came right back to the damn room. But I went out of the hallway and sure as the world, Carly Seed is doing her laundry in just a towel. So then I'm thinking I have to be wide eyed and bushy tailed right now because I cannot miss if her knot comes undone in the hallway. And it never did. How does that how does that happen? How I guarantee you, if you or Mark or Lance or some other dude was walking by and they're doing a towel or they're doing a towel in their laundry, they're doing a laundry in their towel. It's going to come undone. And all of a sudden you see the twig and giggleberries. I don't need to see that. But I think yeah. Carly did that at least five or six times and it never came undone. That's insane uh, to me. Unbelievable. Anyway, it's we got way off topic, but I, I don't understand it, man. They're geniuses when it comes to knots. Anyway, I think we've got seven minutes left, roughly. Yeah, I don't know how we went from a guy dying to Carly Steed's towel story, but we got two questions left. You have to get them both right, Thanks. or else you have Thanks to drink. To the host. All right, I don't have much left in the glass, <laughs> Thanks. so I'm doing pretty Thanks good. Thanks to the host. That's funny. All right, here <laughs> we go. Question two: You have to get them both right, or you drink. Yeah. Who was the first Indian to hit fifty home runs in a season? Ready for this? Is it Jim Thumb? That's what we called Jim Tomey when I was in fourth grade for fun. Was it Manny <laughs> Ramirez? Was it Al Rosen or our guy again, Albert Bell? I believe. I believe. That I can hear Tom Hamilton in my head from 1995 saying the words, 50 home runs, 50 doubles for Albert Bell. I'm going to go with Albert Bell. <laughs> That's, I tell you, you do a better impression than him. Here we go. Holy hell, you got it right. Last question. We got some suspense here on the last part of Son of a Pitch. If Marcus gets right. this correct, I have to finish my drink. If Marcus gets this wrong, he has to drink and buy me a new laptop. Here we go. Who did the Indians trade for Kenny Lofton in 1991? Was it Rudy Cienes? Was it Greg Swindell? Not to be confused with Cole Swindell. Was it Kurt Liskanic? What the hell? Hopefully it's not him. Or Eddie Taubensee. I remember Eddie Taubensee. Kenny Lofton. 91. Kenny Lofton at the plate. Batting left-handed. Here's number eight. Wears nothing but long sleeves. I've never seen him in short sleeves. Who the heck knows why? Um, could you repeat the first couple of answers, please? Rudy Cienes. Greg Swindell. Kurt Liskanek or Eddie Taubensee? Okay. I don't have a whole lot of real uh, a whole lot of information behind this guess. All right. But I'm going to say A Rudy Cienes. All right. I'm going to I'm going to also do this for you because you still have your Christmas tree up and I, I feel like I should be giving you a gift. Okay. Since you were doing so well on the first seven questions, if you get this incorrect, you get one more shot. How about that? All right. All right. That you said Rudy Cienes? I did. All right. Not to be confused with Rudy Tomjanovich. Sure. <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. But like I said, since your tree's up, you get a gift. I'm giving you a mulligan. Okay. Is it Greg Swindell, Kirk Liskanek, or Eddie Taubensee? 
I know Eddie Tobinsey played for Cleveland, but that was much later. It was in the mid, uh, actually, it was the late 90s. I think he played with Dave Burba in like 98. Greg Swindell pitched for Cleveland in the mid to late 90s. I don't remember him being a Cleveland in, in a trade with Cleveland of any kind. So I'm going to go with the other guy whose name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> the other guy, the player to be named later, Kurt Laskanik. Yes, I'm going to go with him. All right. This is the moment of truth, kids. Here we go. <laughs> oh, it's incorrect. Marcus oh, you are so screwed. All right. I'm going to guess. It's Greg, not don't call me Cole Swindell. I'm guessing Greg. Here we go. Damn it. It's Eddie Taubensy. That would have been my last really? guess. And apparently it was the last guess because Eddie Taubensy is wow. correct. All right, here we go. Hold on. Don't pop, 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 pop. pump the brakes there. I, I have to read about Eddie Taubensy. Eddie Taubensy is known primarily for being the player received by the Astros. In exchange for outfielder Kenny Lofton. That sucks. The only way you're wow. known for your major league career is a guy that was traded for Kenny Lofton. Yeah, uh, no kidding. So, yeah, Eddie Thomas is the answer. So, uh, let me see. Yeah. Can you dunk the rest of that? I'm sure I could. Kick it back. You got two minutes. Chug, chug. Holy hell. Holy hell, that's impressive. Oh, you didn't finish it, though. Not quite. I've never that, that very well done. I've last last thought. I've never been able to never been able to chug. And I've also never been able to understand the skill behind it. They always say, just open your throat and relax your jaw. What does that mean? Relax the jaw, open the throat. I heard Claire say it for years and yeah. I still. How does that happen? And, and I have really good breath and kind of lung support and all of that, because in addition to broadcasting, I sing. Wow. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how to took, do it. It took me, took me two swigs to, to get that down. And that was maybe a quarter of the way full. I will say this because you still technically got seven of 10. Correct. I'll go ahead and dunk mine. I'll see if I can finish this in a minute. Here we go. All right. And we're going to know if it, if it went through or not, because it'll cut us off. So I got to dunk Te this. Yeah. Next. Technically you have less than a minute. So go. He's chugging. He's chugging. He's chugging. Not done yet. The acid reflux is killing me. We're going to live update from Brew. Uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me again. Uh, excuse me once more with feeling. Well done. Got it done in two swigs, just like I. I, I would give that an A for effort. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Sir Marcus Walsh, I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers. Cheers.